I'm not as cute as they are, and hopefully you can pay just as good attention. I should have just given them all my notes, and they could have kept going, I guess. But today we do get to celebrate that story, that, that story that has included a lot of letters so far, a story that we pause at I, at inclusion. And if you've been here at all during the last few weeks of Advent, as we've been looking ahead to this day, our theme has been reckless inclusivity. A look at the genealogy of Matthew, Matthew who sets up the birth, the long-expected birth of a Messiah, a Savior of God coming to earth. And we look at the people who were included in that story. And after that genealogy, which ends with Mary, the mother of Jesus, then we get this story from Matthew. Matthew 1, verse 18 to 25. And there we read, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said earlier through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. We made it. We made it to Christmas 2021. And for some of you, that is a big celebration. Maybe the last few weeks have been packed with preparations. Maybe the past few weeks have been wrapping up work stuff, wrapping up presents, and we've made it to today. A celebration of Jesus' birth, Jesus coming to earth. It's a good time to celebrate. A time to celebrate with family, a time to celebrate as a community, both here and at large, a time to celebrate God's coming to earth in the birth of Jesus. But if you've been here at all over the last few weeks, and that's fine if you haven't, Pastor Eric has said several times that being here on Christmas Day is a bit of a disappointment also. Because Advent is not just waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus once again, Advent is bigger than that. Advent is a continued waiting to a promised return, a promised restoration of all things. And if you watch the news, if you listen to the radio, if you just drove down the roads today, you'll realize that all things have not been made new at this point. And so there's a bit of disappointment if you see it like that. Disappointment that we've reached Christmas again because we're waiting with hope and excitement and expectation for the coming of Jesus. And the people at Matthew's time were also waiting. And so Matthew wrote his genealogy, 
Matthew, if you don't know who Matthew is, Matthew is traditionally known as a disciple of Jesus, the author of the book of Matthew. And you need to know a few things of Matthew in order to understand this story. Matthew was a Jew. Matthew was writing his book to other Jews. And so you need to understand kind of, and we're going to try to do that today, to take the place of Matthew's intended audience and realize some of what Matthew is doing. And so Matthew's original audience knows the whole Old Testament, that first part of the Bible. Matthew's audience knows the promises that have been made. Matthew's audience knows that they're waiting for a savior. And so Matthew comes along and he says, here is the genealogy, here is the story of who comes before this savior. And if you know anything about genealogies, maybe some of you have traced where you come from. A genealogy is a bit about pedigree, a bit about here's who I am. And if any of you have found any someone of royal blood in your genealogy, you've probably let some people know because you want them to know, hey, I come from royalty. And so when you write a genealogy, that's what you're doing. Look at these awesome people that have come before me. But in Matthew's genealogy, we start to see something a bit odd. And maybe we don't see it because it's not odd for us. But again, if we're going to be Matthew's intended audience, this is odd. Because Matthew's genealogy, as we've heard the last couple weeks, and if you weren't here, I invite you to look at some of those stories because I'm not going to go in depth with them. But Matthew's genealogy several times will make us pause and say, Matthew, what are you doing here? Matthew included women who were not included in genealogies. The first one Matthew includes is Rahab, a woman, a prostitute, and not from the people of God, an outsider, an enemy, a Canaanite. And when we talked about Rahab, we heard that Rahab responded to God in faith and action, and God responded to her. And then we move on to Ruth. Ruth, again, another woman in the story, another chance for Matthew's audience to be, why are we talking about Ruth? And Ruth was a Moabite, again, an enemy of the people of Israel. Ruth was a widow. Ruth was not who you would include in that pedigree of look where I come from. But Matthew, in setting up the birth of Jesus, includes Ruth. When we talked about Ruth, we saw God's loyal love to his people through Ruth and Boaz and others in the story. And last week, we looked at Bathsheba. The, what you see here is the wife of Uriah. And we hear a story of adultery, of sin that David the king committed, of murder. Why would Matthew include that family scar in this story? But Matthew is painting a picture. Matthew is showing this is not an ordinary king that you're expecting. Look at the people who were included in this story. And I'm going to name them, says Matthew, because I want you to pay attention, because you might not like where this is going. And then Matthew has one last entry, and it came right before what we read today. And we would read there, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. And so we probably know the story of Mary and Joseph. We know the story of Jesus. We've heard this again and again, but we're going to rewind and try to be Matthew's audience. Matthew's audience who is probably hearing this for the first time. Matthew, a Jew, writing to other Jews, saying, 
The Messiah we've waited for, the Messiah has come, and here's this story. And we get to Mary, the mother of Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I've listened to Matthew this far in his genealogy, and the first woman was Rahab, the prostitute, and I would be like, what? And then we have Ruth, and it would be like, why is she included? And then there's Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and now we have Mary, who I wouldn't know about yet. And I would start to be like, okay, I saw what you did with these first couple. What is the story of Mary going to be? Why are you including this, Matthew? Where are we going to go with this? And Matthew's version of this story leaves a little scandal in there also. I don't know about you, but when I remember or when I hear or think about Mary and the birth of Jesus, I think about Luke, another book in the Bible, two chapters or two books later, and Luke's story is a little safer. Luke has an angel come to Mary, and I'm not quoting the angel, but the angel says, hey Mary, God has a plan, here's what it is. And Mary says, I'm in. I'm part of this plan, let's do this. And then we get the rest of the story. It's safer. We know Mary knew the, the facts. We knew what was happening. Matthew doesn't do that. Matthew goes right into his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. Matthew goes on to say by the Holy Spirit, but if we were that audience there, we'd be like, hold up, Matthew. What? This is the mother of our Savior. This is how you're going to say this. An unwed, as we heard, an unwed pregnant teenager. And this is the story of our Messiah. And Matthew does this on purpose. And I like this because it forces the audience then, it forces us to become part of the reaction to this story. The reaction to what is happening. We're forced to react to Rahab, to Ruth, to Bathsheba, and now to this story of Mary. And we see a couple things in this reaction. We have a couple choices to make. And I want to point out two things in this story before we continue on with the alphabet. This story that we read today, this genealogy, this bigger picture, is a story of presence. And if you read in this, what was the prophet saying? The prophet said, you are to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this story, when you look back at Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba, when you look at Mary and Joseph, this is God with us. God present and active and working through people and in people and to people who Matthew's audience and us might not expect to be part of that story. But God said, I am present in this. These are the people. You are the people I am choosing to use to bring about my salvation. You are the people, these are the people who are the lineage, the genealogy of Jesus the Savior. I am choosing to use all of them. And we've heard that time and time again with reckless inclusivity. God has chosen to use the people that Matthew, Matthew's audience, and us might not always expect. And the second thing that we see in this story is there is a response. And it's a response of trust. This would have been really hard for Joseph and Mary. They're coming from a culture of honor and shame, of clean and unclean, of in and out. 
All through the Old Testament, that first part of the Bible, you hear laws of this is okay, this is not. This is clean, this is unclean. This story of Mary, this scandal, this pregnancy, this situation is on the unclean side, is on the shame, is on the outsider. And when we read that Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, he was doing what he had been taught from a young, from being a young boy. This is not okay. This is not to the law. I might have to step back here, Mary, because this, this isn't what we've said is okay. And that would have been tough. I can't imagine that conversation and when Mary had it. Was it, hey, Joseph, this is what's going to be coming? Or did she try to hide it? And Joseph eventually will see because you'll eventually notice when someone's pregnant. And we don't get all that background, but Joseph's response was, wait a minute, this isn't how it's supposed to happen. But then Emmanuel, God with us, in the presence of an angel, came to Joseph and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. And so Joseph was faced with a decision. Was he willing to trust that God was at work in this situation that Matthew has laid out? Was Joseph willing to trust that God was choosing this, this uncomfortable, this scandal, this unclean, that God was actually present and choosing this to be the story of his presence here on earth? Joseph had to respond that way. And we read that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. And so we see throughout the genealogy and in this story today, God's presence, God with us, Emmanuel, God including a number of different players in this story who we might not expect, and then an invitation from God in all of those stories and to Joseph again today, can you trust what I am doing even when it doesn't look like the way you thought? And this story isn't just about Jesus on Christmas Day. This story isn't just about Mary and Joseph. Jesus is no longer a baby in a manger. Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, Mary, and Joseph have all died. Those players that God has chosen to use and include in the story aren't here right now. But the story continues. As we said earlier, Advent continues. And Advent isn't just about the waiting for a baby to be born because that happened. Advent is waiting for that coming of a Savior to make all things new. So the players have changed, but the story has not. God continues to do his work through you, through us. God includes many different people in this story, people we might not expect, people who we might have been taught to say, I don't know if they're part of the story. I don't see this. But God says, I am present. I am still Emmanuel, God with you. God given to you and God being given through you. And Advent continues. And Matthew knew this. Matthew set up his book with bookends, we'll call it. A story of reckless inclusivity, of these people in a genealogy, of God's presence. And then we flip all the way to the end of Matthew and Matthew ends that story the same way. And if you know anything about writing a good book, the ending usually isn't the ending, but it's a, here's what's coming. 
Are you willing to be part of this? Have you entered this story? And I want to read how Matthew ends. It's the Great Commission, but I want you to pay attention as we read through this to the inclusivity and then the presence of God. And so in Matthew 28, we read, then the 11 disciples, one is missing, Judas, who had betrayed him, they went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Did you catch it? Did you see who was there when Jesus said these words? His disciples. A disciple who had denied that he even knew Jesus. A disciple who, after years of learning about peace, had taken out his sword and cut off someone's ear in order to protect Jesus. Disciples who deserted Jesus in his darkest hour. Disciples who doubted when they saw a risen Jesus. These were the people that Jesus said, I have chosen you to be the ones to go out to make disciples. Jesus included those people who we might have said, Jesus, they're not ready. Choose someone who's ready. Choose someone who's better. And Jesus said, no. My genealogy started with people who you might not expect, and it will continue in that same way. And if you're hearing that, you also have to hear that it wasn't just those people that Jesus was using to spread it, but Jesus says, make disciples of all nations. Not just the people who are ready, not just the people you think deserve it, not just the people you expect, of all nations. God's plan through all, God's plan to all. And then did you see how the Great Commission ended? It wasn't, okay guys, go do it. It was, I am with you always till the end of the age. Matthew starts with inclusivity, Matthew ends with that, and all throughout Matthew, is the presence of God. So I'm not going to do it as cutely. I'm not going to do it as well or as entertaining as the children. But I is for inclusion. The people that we see in the story, but the people who are here. The people who are online. The people who have yet to hear this story of Jesus. God has included you, all of us, in the story of his son. Not just to share that story, but also to be the ones to receive that story. Jesus has come for you. And I is for Emmanuel, God with us. God's presence throughout the whole story, God's presence continuing. And so the choice is, are we willing to trust? Are we willing to respond in trust to a God who says, this is for you, this is through you, I am with you. Emmanuel God with us, not just on Christmas Day, but as we continue in Advent, a time of waiting for all things to be new. God includes you. Come be part of that journey. Amen. We're going to respond in prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you have included me. Thank you that you have included all of us. Thank you that you have included us not just in the story as witnesses, 
but also as those who receive your son and receive you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you for a reminder in your birth, Jesus, that you are always with us to the end of the age. Help us to trust that. Help us to live that. And may your kingdom come here on earth as well. In your name we pray. Amen.